Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining us again today. Listen, we always need to remember that Christianity is not a religion about God, but it's rather a relationship with him. It's when we forget that this is a relationship with God that we can suddenly become legalistic, bound, driven, striving. But when we remember Christianity is all about an intimate relationship with the God who made us, suddenly there's a pace, there's an ease and everything makes sense. What a privilege that the creator of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth would want a relationship with us. That's the message of the gospel, that God really did want exactly that, a relationship with the people that he formed from the beginning of time. We read about that moment when God makes us in his image. Do we understand as we should that he was making us for relationship, not for slavery? Now, we understand the gospel reveals to us that Jesus made the way for us to have a relationship with God. The relationship breakdown that came through Adam and Eve was repaired through the obedience of Jesus Christ. Any separation that was between God and man has been fully removed now so that the gates of relationship with God are wide open to anyone who comes through Jesus Christ, his only beloved son. We also need to understand that when we speak about relationship, there's many kinds of relationship, aren't there? There's casual relationships, there's work relationships, there's all manner of things that we could call relationship. Yet when we speak of our relationship with God or the relationship that God wants with us, we're actually speaking of not a casual relationship, but a really committed, we could call it covenant relationship between us and him. Now, the best picture of a covenant relationship would be marriage. We don't often speak about covenant relationships, do we? It's not a common word that we use today. Covenant, which means agreement or deal or something happening between two people that's the top shelf of commitment. Yet when we speak of our relationship with God, we must understand that God doesn't want a casual relationship with us that's Wednesday night or Sunday morning. Jesus didn't die on the cross for some of us. He died for all of us. God wants a full-on relationship. Now that's good news. Why? Because not only does God want us to give ourselves wholly to him, but he wants us to experience what happens when he gives himself wholly to us. So like I said, when we speak of a covenant relationship, the best picture that we can have is the picture that God provides himself for a covenant relationship, which is marriage. But when we look at marriage, I'm talking about the original design of marriage, not man-made versions of marriage. But when we look at the original design of marriage, as we see it um, just portrayed so beautifully in uh, creation, we see that God intended for two people to come together and become one. Now, we know those verses that speak of marriage, but for this reason, people will leave their parents and be joined together and they will become 
one flesh. That's a covenant relationship where we see two people who were once individuals living single lives saying we don't want that anymore. We want to be in a relationship that's not casual, where we give all of who we are and we experience the other person giving all of who they are. Recently, I had the privilege of seeing my oldest daughter, Olivia, get married and we all traveled to her wedding that was in California. It was a beautiful day, but I was reminded again of the original design of marriage, how God made marriage to be as I watched my daughter um, come down the aisle with me to meet this young man, Timmy, who was waiting there at the altar. And then together we prayed and we had a brief service. But what took place was both of them, Olivia and Timmy, saying, first, our lives belong to God. Let's get that straight. But actually, in getting married, I give all of who I am to you. And I thank you that you give all of who you are to me. It's no longer um, about me living for myself. It's no longer about me having my finances. It's no longer about me having my time to do what I want. But rather, my life now belongs to you as your life now belongs to me. That's the picture that God wants us to get concerning the relationship that he's brought us into through Christ. Not a casual relationship but a relationship that is best likened to that of a marriage. Now, we need to understand that this isn't our desire that initiated this. Rather, it's God's desire that has initiated this. And through his Holy Spirit, he's drawn us to himself to experience this incredible opportunity of walking daily with him, where we know him as the lover of our soul, but also we bring ourselves wholly, completely to him. Now, we understand that the Bible reveals that this is what God always wanted. That blows my mind that from the beginning of time, all God wanted, let's just make it simple. Let's remove religion. Let's remove um, just legalism. Um, just concepts. Let's remove all those things and get back to what this was always meant to be in the heart of God. When we look in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, we can see clearly that God made man in his image. He made man and woman in his image for relationship with him. He didn't make Adam to be a slave, the one who cuts the grass, the one who serves him as the master. Rather, we see a great intimacy, even in that moment where God walks in the cool of the day. Now, we read about that in the moment where they just eaten the fruit that they shouldn't have touched. But I believe that that was an ongoing experience for Adam and Eve. They had a relationship with the God that had made them. And in the day, in the cool of the day, the Lord would come and walk in the garden just to spend time with those that he'd made for a love relationship. But then we get into the Old Testament and we read through the journey that God took with Israel. And again, that would be a huge subject to speak on. But just to summarize, we see that in the journey that God takes with Israel over and over again, he says a statement of what he wants from his relationship with Israel. 
Now, when we talk about what God wanted from his relationship with Israel, we can have a confidence that that's what God still wants from us today as new creation believers in a new covenant. Now, I want to read this statement to you from the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, verses 11 to 12 where God makes this statement that I'm talking about, a statement that I lost count around 28 times in the Old Testament, that he makes regarding why he made man, what he desired in a daily walk with man. Now listen to this, Leviticus 26, verse 11 to 12. This is God speaking. I will put my dwelling place among you and I will not abhor you any longer. But then he says this, I will walk among you and you and I will be your God and you will be my people. What is it that God wants from this covenant relationship that he welcomes us into? Simply that, that he can be our God and we will be his people. Now, when you follow the storyline of the children of Israel, just like us today, they didn't get it very well. They didn't get the simplicity of what God wanted with them. And when you read through the account of God walking with the children of Israel, you see a storyline where he's constantly faithful, constantly faithful. He says to them, like I said, 28 times plus, I will be your God. I want you to be my people. He remained a faithful husband to the bride or to Israel. But Israel were constantly going off and loving and worshipping other idols. Read through the storyline. God doesn't destroy them. He's constantly restoring them, saying, you haven't been faithful, but I will be faithful. Faithful is my name. Faithful and true is who I am. I will be a faithful husband to you even if you're not being a faithful wife in this covenant relationship with me. We see God give them guidelines. If you do this, if you do this, you'll experience the best of me. But time and time again, we see Israel couldn't live by external rules. They kept breaking the rules. What did God do? He constantly restored them. There's one moment when you read the book of Hosea, where God uses this moment with the life of Hosea to show Israel how he feels. He calls a prophet to marry a lady who was akin to a prostitute, and she kept being unfaithful. But Hosea, under the instruction of the Lord, kept bringing her back into relationship with himself. What was God doing? What was God saying in that whole account of Hosea? He was saying, Israel, that's how I feel. I'm constantly faithful to you. I'm constantly there to be your God. But yet you constantly stop being my people. Try to share me with other gods. I just want to be wholly yours. And I want you to be wholly mine. But then God looks to another day. Because we read about Israel and they were under an old covenant agreement with God where it really was based on their performance, them keeping external laws. But God looked to another day and he announces this in different places. We're looking in Jeremiah chapter 31 today, verses 33 
And we're seeing that God says, I've got another plan coming. Yes, I'm faithful to you. You're constantly unfaithful to me because you're following rules written on paper that are external to your life. Then God says, I'm going to replace this covenant, the first covenant, with a second covenant, which is based even more on my faithfulness and ability. Suddenly, I'm going to put my ways within you so that we have a new day together and everything changes. Let me read you these verses from Jeremiah. I'm going to start reading from verse 31 of chapter 31. Jeremiah announces the heart of God. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, a new agreement with the people of Israel or with my people, with my followers and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they constantly broke my covenant. He never broke his. They always broke theirs. And then he says this statement that underlines what we've been saying today. Though I was constantly a husband to them, declares the Lord. Then he says in verse 33, this is the covenant, the new covenant, the new agreement I will make with the people of Israel, my people. After that time, declares the Lord. Now, listen, I will put my ways, my law in their minds and I will write them internally in their hearts and then he makes this powerful statement once more and I will be their God and they will be my people from Genesis that's all that God wanted that's all that he deserved through the journey with the children of Israel he constantly restored them and said I just want to be your God and I want you to be my people I want a covenant relationship with you, where you give yourself fully to me so that you can experience me fully in your life. Now, we said we see Jeremiah announce this plan in the heart of God, and it's based again not on external rule keeping, but rather, like it says in God's word, God takes out of us at salvation a stony heart, puts a new heart in us, but also puts his spirit in us to enable us to be able to walk as he desires from the inside out and not from the outside in. Now, we see these verses in the Old Testament really echoed in many verses in the New Testament. If you're making notes, you could look at 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16, Hebrews 8, verse 10, where again it highlights these words that we find in Jeremiah, God standing there saying, I've only ever wanted this, a covenant relationship, a relationship that's not casual, a relationship where very simply, intimately, I am your God and you are my people. Now, I love it when you read in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 10, where it says that we were once not a people, but now we are the people of God. That's that passage of scripture that says we are now a holy nation, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. But when you read on in verse 10, it says we were once not a people, but now we have a people of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ restored us in his death, burial and resurrection. 
his obedience at the cross, he removed every separation and restored right relationship between us and the Lord. Now, we can know, this is the exciting news I want to share with you today. We can know a marriage type relationship with God where he is ours and we are his. Why do we settle for a lesser model, a religious model based upon legalism when we've got the creator of the universe beckoning us to a daily living covenant relationship with himself? Now, I believe the key to experience the success of this is us being ready to give ourselves fully to him. It's not about him giving himself any more fuller to us. How much more could he give himself to us than his only beloved son stretched out on a cross? In Christ, the fullness of God's commitment to us was revealed. But I believe that we can sometimes bring more of who we are to him. What if that cross is the place of divine exchange where we bring not just our sins because our sins have were paid for in Christ, but we bring us and we say, Lord, I bring to you the bits that I've held back. Now think about a natural marriage, the success of a natural marriage, a covenant relationship, marriage according to the original design, really finds its success when a man brings himself fully to the woman and the woman brings himself fu- uh, herself fully to him. If one of them in marriage, and I've dealt with marriages pastoring for 30 years now, quite a few times, and often when I've seen a breakdown, it's because One of them was giving all of they were, but the other person was holding back some of what they were so that there was a breakdown in the synergy of a relationship that never should have been. But when you get two people to bring themselves fully to each other, ah, that's when the relationship begins to fly. That's as it is with us and God. Now, we need to understand that we bring all of who we are to him. Not because he's demanding, unfair, but rather he wants to put his blessing on everything that we bring into the relationship. We've got to decide in our hearts that we're not going to have a percentage relationship with God anymore. Come on, we've all done that in the past, haven't we? We've all had a moment in our walk with the Lord where we knelt at an altar or by the side of our bed and we prayed that prayer. I surrender all, Lord. But in reality, did we? Or did we bring a few bits of who we are and say, this is yours, Lord? But the problem was when we did that, we didn't rob him, we robbed us. Because that meant his blessing, his promise, his ability could only affect the parts that we have brought into the relationship. While the other parts that we didn't, remain in our control, separated from him when his heart is to bless them also. If you think of the analogy of a counter at a shop where you go to a supermarket, it's a little bit like that 
for us and the cross. We get our basket and we load it up with who we are, the financial part of who we are. You know, um, our, our relationships, our loves, our hates, our strengths, our weaknesses, the good bits, the bad bits, the downright ugly bits. The call of the gospel is for us to bring all that we are to the cross and say, like a marriage commitment, this is all yours. But you may say, but then I leave with nothing. No, that's wrong, my friend, because what God does is he takes everything that we've put in the basket that represents our life. And then he begins to put who he is in the basket. So for our sorrow, he gives us joy. For our anger, he gives us peace. For our frustration, he gives us confidence. He replaces what's in the basket of who we are. So we leave the moment of surrendering ourselves to him at the cross with a basket that's full of things that come from his goodness. That's exciting, isn't it? We need to purpose in our hearts that we're not going to have this segregated, subsectional experience with God anymore. I want to encourage you, if there's any areas in your life that you've not yet brought to him, bring them to him today. If there's areas you've kept from him, many people sadly keep their finances from God. So they never experience the blessing of covenant relation with God relationship with God affecting their finances. God can only bless what you commit to him. Like a marriage again, if one person brings everything, but the other person brings half of who they are, it's not going to be the best experience that it can be. Isn't it strange? Because sometimes you can talk to one Christian and say, how's your walk with God? And they'll say, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's just changed my life and then you speak to another Christian and they'll say oh it's all right isn't it hold on wait a moment are we serving the same God yes we are does he love us equally yes he does then why do some people experience a different relationship with God than others I want to put to you today it's nothing about God causing deficit it's all about us because the people that experience the best experience of walking with God are the ones that have brought themselves wholly and fully to who he is. They're the ones that say, I don't want a casual Wednesday night, Sunday morning relationship with you, Lord. But rather, I want to take you up on your invitation. Heavenly Father, my creator, will you be my God? Because I want to be your people. No longer will I bring sections of the pizza of who I am. If you imagine your life to be a pizza. No longer will I bring certain slices for you to bless with your goodness. But I bring all of the pizza. Just as you have made yourself fully mine. I now purpose today to make my life fully yours. I want to be honest with you. I look back to that moment when I first brought my life back to the cross. And though I said the words, Lord, it's all yours, all to Jesus, I surrender. In hindsight, I think I took a can of chicken soup out of the basket and maybe a tin of beans. And I gave a bit of who I was. But over the years that followed, I began to bring more. If I could give any advice to you today, 
I would say, don't do that. All to Jesus, surrender. Bring all that you are to him. Allow him to show you what it's like to be his people and for him to be your God. I hope this has encouraged your heart today. No, we're not called to a religion about God. That can't change you and will never change the world. We're called to an intimate relationship with the creator God. The God who says he's our father, the lover of our soul. Brush religion out of the corridors of your life. It's like dust. It comes unwelcomed. Suddenly you find it everywhere. Open the windows. Let the wind of the spirit blow out of the corridors of your life. Anything that sounds or feels like religion. Come back in to a moment of covenant relationship where we simply say, God, my desire matches your desire. I want you to be my God and I want to be one of your people. I no longer want you to share me with other gods or things I made you share me with before, but rather today, may my life be wholly, completely yours. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope that's encouraged your heart today. I hope that that's given you just a fresh desire to read the words of the one who wrote the book, to spend time with him in intimate prayer, not religious procedure. God bless.